And welcome, folks. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. As you know, uh, we start with our calendar. Uh, today, I think it'll be exciting. Um, I really look forward to this. This is truly an, an honor. But we're going to deal with the calendar first. Tonight, there's an opportunity to see my guest in person. Um, his name, name is Dr. Del Marmol. Del Marmol. Del Marmol. Mar- Marmol. Marmol. Like the rock. Like the rock. Marble. Okay. Almost. Almost. Um, that is at 6.30 p.m., in Kingsburg at 15,000 Rose Avenue. So that is a Constitutionalist for California meeting, but we're doing something a little different. Um, we're going to have a real patriot there tonight, and if you like my show, I, I encourage you to come out and meet this man in person. Uh, the next event, 9-8, is Wednesday. There is a medical freedom rally at the state capitol. If we don't have our medical freedom, if you don't have choice over what you do with your own body, especially with a virus that is 99.8% um, do you really have freedom? So if you can get up there, that's an important event. 9-11, we have a fundraiser. This is Constitutionalist for California, but it's really all about the Fresno School Board recall. So it is a fundraiser dinner. Trevor Carey will be the MC. Uh, that is at 5 p.m. If you're interested, that is the move on recall at gmail.com. You can RSVP, get the address and the details. If you don't realize, Fresno is in the bottom 5% in the nation in schools. We're better than Detroit, and that is it for large school districts. That needs to change, and I think that the change has to start at the top. The school board members, six of the seven, need to go. They're hardcore leftists that don't care about education. They care about politics first, and they should care about education. Also, 9-12, that is a Sunday from 3 to 5. At Clovis and Shaw, there is a medical freedom rally. I encourage you to go out to that. That one's not so far if you can't travel to the Capitol. Finally, the last one. If you haven't guessed, I am a Larry Elder fan. Um, I'm very much encouraging you to vote yes on the recall, and Larry Elder is my candidate. He will be in town in just a little while. That is today, 9-7, at, from 1130 to noon. He will be at 1235 North Willow. That is Willow and, I believe, Nice at the Shell Station. Um, You could come out. I don't know if he's going to do a whole lot of meet and greet because it's going to be a very brief stop, but this is a man that can change the whole dynamic in California. And so I think you need to to consider going out if you have the time. With that being said, Dr. Del Marmo, welcome. Dad, you said you were going to do um, an introduction? Yes, I'll I'll do a a brief introduction so that your audience can know roughly who it is they're about to hear from. Um, first of all, his father, Leonardo del Marmo, was the principal financier behind Castro's revolution in Cuba. He brought together his Masonic brothers, who's a Grand Master Mason, to provide the financing to buy all the weapons and munitions that they needed to win the revolution. Castro had sold them like he did everybody else, a, a, a bill of goods. And uh, 
at when the wet revolution won, Dr. Del Marmo was 11 years old. This is January of 1959. And uh, carried away by all the patriotic fervor of his father. He comes from a very patriotic family. A great-grandfather was a major general in the War of Independence against the Spanish crown. There are streets named after him, Donato del Marmo. And uh, the, um, he, he basically wanted to get involved in some way, shape, or form. And his father said, you're a very intelligent young boy. I'm sure you've got ideas. Write him a letter. I'll get it to the Dell. So he wrote out a plan to organize the youth of Cuba into an army of the future to replace any Batista holdovers that might still be lurking in the ranks of the army and so on and so forth. Castro loved it so much, he flew from Havana to Pinar del Rio, met this young kid, said, I don't care how young you are. He gave him a pistol, made him a commander in the Cuban army, the regular army, and made him the commander-in-chief of the youth army. He knew Che Guevara, Raul, Fidel, all those guys a little too well sometimes. Che Guevara wanted to groom him as a personal protege. And uh, because of that, he was being taken everywhere. He saw what they were planning. He goes to his father and says, Dad, they're planning on going communist. His father didn't want to hear about it, called him a traitor, threw him out of the house. In frustration, he goes to an uncle in Havana, tells him everything. And I don't want to be involved in this anymore. I'm going to take this pistol, go to the airport, put it at the pilot's head, and fly a plane to Miami. And his uncle says, you know, calm down. Ask him some testing questions to see if his reactions are genuine, because, of course, he's immediately wondering if he's being set up, but he's being used as his own nephew against him. And then basically says, you know what? You put your life in my hands. I'm going to do the same to you. I'm a spy. And you are perfectly placed. Please don't go anywhere. If you're willing to do this, I will train you so you can survive and you can really make a difference. So before he'd even turned 12, he became a spy. Wow. He took secrets out of Castro's very office for 10 years, undetected. Our politicians blew his cover in 1971, and that's when he had to leave Cuba. He had to go clear across the island to the eastern end through swamps, jungles, minefields, swim for 12 hours in the freezing October water to get into the naval base. So you went to Guantanamo? Yes. And from there, the air lifted him to the United States. And even then, that wasn't without a glitch because you can't get political asylum at Guantanamo. So Castro's leaking it to the international press that the U.S. is illegally harboring this fugitive from Cuban law and demanding his immediate extradition. And the State Department said, oh, we have no record of entry of this man but we'll make inquiries. And he disappeared. So not only is this man a spy, he is a real-life ghost. There's no record of where he lives. No one knows where he lays his head at night. He go, comes and goes as he pleases. Uh, he's got 18 passports. <laughs> and uh, he, has, he has sacrificed so much. They've tried to kill him 56 times because of everything he knows. He's been inside the belly of the communist beast. He knows exactly what, how they move, how they think, what their plans are. And uh, in uh, 1988, he was the head of an operation for Ronald Reagan that caused the tearing down the Berlin Wall and the economic collapse of the Soviet Union. He tried to warn our government about an impending attack on New York City, a terrorist attack, which, of course, became 9-11. Uh, he's been involved in very major, major things, world-altering things. He was an eyewitness to the planning and execution of Kennedy's assassination. Um, 
I'm trying not to tear up because I'm thinking of this this next bit. They killed his wife and son. Yeah, that was the hardest part of the book. Yeah, and uh, he is he is probably the noblest man, including my own father, that I've ever known. And so it is my very great pleasure and uh, honor to introduce everyone listening to this to Dr. Julio Antonio Del Marmo. Thank you. Well, welcome. Um, this is one of his stories. You know, I would encourage you to go out and get this book. This man is a patriot. Thank you. So how old were you when you left Cuba then? Or went to Guantanamo anyway? I assume there was probably a little bit of weight there. 23 years old. 23. Uh, have a boy, a three-year-old boy, not to leave it behind. Wow. I'm telling everybody uh, this is a worst nightmare, not only for you guys. For everyone left their countries persecuted by communists or any totalitarian regime around the world because this is a lighthouse to the chips to the entire world. If we abandon this lighthouse, the world perish. Yes. And I love this country as I love my native country of Cuba. I call it my adopted mother. And I now want to see what I see, not only in Cuba, all over the world. Whatever these people put their boots, they put the misery, the division, the, the, the races, the, the, the most unbelievable evil that anybody can conceive. They... Uh, not going to go after you only for your money, your bank account, your business, uh, your religion. They're going to go after you for your soul. And your freedom. Your soul is your freedom. Yeah. After they get your soul, you don't have no freedom. This is not politics anymore. This is evil against good. And if we don't stop that evil, we will perish all. I tell people all the time, I tried to prevent this for almost 60 years. I've been growing old in this country around the world, preventing terrorist attacks, doing things that you cannot imagine it. And I don't want to tell you because I don't want to scare anyone. I want to let you know that the, best, the first tactic these people use is fear. And that is the reason you should not afraid or say anything to put f uh, fear in people's mind. I tell people all the time, the 90% of the people drowning, they don't drowning because they don't know how to swim. They drowning because they are in fear. And your muscles paralyze and your brain block all your nerves system and you cannot even defend yourself even get up and swim to, to the to the surface to get air this is one of the tactics I see these people employ all over the world and this as a Donald Trump call it Chinese virus because this created a, a military weapon to precisely to test our weakness is being embraced by their friends in this country, by uh, 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 supposedly friends and allies, because we all Americans, 
you would think we were Americans first, but unfortunately, the I call it mercenaries. The mercenaries don't have no country, no soul, and they don't care about you, me, God, or anything else. They care about their well-being and and the greed and the power. And we have many of those people in this country because it's been corrupted. We got two CIA's, two FBI's, two State Department. We got two in everything, good and bad. And those bad elements that being penetrating our institutions, they not have mercy with anyone. They want to take everything away from you. And if you don't stand forward and defend your freedom, you will be a miserable slave for the rest of your life. I want to tell you guys today one thing that I not normally tell people. But as I say, this situation is growing radical and really deprimed in all this country and around the world. And the administration we have today is the worst administration I ever see in this country. I have the, the obligation and the duty to make a call. And that call to you guys is, you don't even know what is going on. You don't even know the level to the corruption that we have in our government today. We cannot prevent it, and worse, we are unified. It's not Republicans, Independents, or Democrats. It's evil against good. And see, we don't stand forward. We will all lose not what we work our life because they don't like to work. They want to enjoy your sweat and your blood like vampires and live in your house, driving your cars, but they don't want to work. That is the mistake the people don't make they or make in this country. The people are so worried about driving a Bentley, have a beautiful house in the beach. I don't blame anyone to love those things because that is part of our life. That is what God sent us, to live well and enjoy our life. But we have to dedicate some time to our life to defend what is more valuable for us. And it's our family, our roots, our institutions, our religion, and make a pause in between all this hard work we do every day to get that wealth. It's good to enjoy with your family. But if you don't do that pause and you don't dedicate some time for your country and for your institutions and protect those, you're not going to have nothing that what you work for. They're going to take everything away from you. And I've been witnessing that in Cuba, in Venezuela, in Nicaragua, and in every country around the world where these people set the boots. Well, there is no example of a communist country that has been promoting freedom. They talk about equity, which is the opposite of our nation. I want equality of opportunity. Everybody with their abilities rises to where they should be. If they work harder, sometimes they get lucky. But if they work harder, if they're smarter, 
they should have more success. That doesn't mean that they're different in the eyes of the law. I want equal in the eyes of the law. I always say nobody is better or worse uh, to anyone. It's all depend to your own effort. Uh, your own effort to make your life better, to to be positive, to uh, embrace whatever religion you want to embrace. But what just it's only one God, and all all religions move around one God, one single God, and this God is the one is the master to the universe, and we all should praise that God. Amen. Amen. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. And today I am joined by a patriot, uh, Dr. Del Marmol. And we're talking a little bit about his book, uh, which is based on a true story. This man is actually a real spy. He was a real spy in Cuba. Then he went on to, for, you say, nearly 60 years now? Over 60 years. Over 60 years. Worked in covert operations, kind of, as a ghost, would would be the right term? That's what they call me. (laughs) Or the Cuban lightning. The Cuban lightning, the ghost. Because there's a ghost floating around, and you never see it. And let me interject, too, that we're, we say they're based on a true story because he had a one-of-a-kind deal with the intelligence community when he got out of Cuba. And that is that he works with our atel- intelligence agencies, CIA, N- NHS, whatever, but not for them. He's never cashed a check from the federal government. He has the right to say no because he knows that intelligence is a filthy business and some things they might ask him to do would compromise his moral principles and he wanted to be able to say no to that. And so he's able to tell his story however he wants to. He never signed a confidentiality document. And basically his principle is, I don't want to compromise anyone. I want to tell my story responsibly. So some names are changed because he's protecting people or sometimes we change the uh, occurrences or the se- exact sequence of events to protect other information. So that's why it's called based on a true story. It is the true story. He just had to f- change a few things to protect people. That is completely understandable. Respecting the other people's life. You know, I, I entitled to do with my life whatever I want to. The soon we continue to be a free country, but I'm not uh, entitled to put a risk anyone that the people is in my behalf being helping and sacrificing all what they have including their families uh, to mention their names in anywhere or manners and worse they tell me go ahead and do it um, come back with Mr. Atkinson say my uncle trained me very well my uncle is the one is a master spy from the World War II and he's um, implanted in the Caribbean islands try to uh, prevent the Nazis to take over in South and Central America. He is the master spy in the whole entire region. And he is, the, I get the honor to say he is my teacher 
and my mentor. And he prevented me many times. Watch out. Because inside to our organization, there are snakes. And those snakes buy you once only. They are deadly. You're not going to survive. In other words, you walk in thin eyes. And be careful every move you do. And take all the precautions and the insurance as necessary to ever any government, president, vice president, secretary of state, uh, any position at all that these individuals hold. Try to have something and then in case they turn against you. Because I see many of my people die because politicians wash their hands and let it die and they don't save their life what they most needed and betray their ideas, betray their morals, commitment and don't care at all for the human life only to themselves. We should, we should be choosing politicians on character and we don't seem to. It seems to be a popularity contest largely and then you add in people are loyal to party. And I'm loyal to ideas and people that are good people. Um, I'm technically a Republican, but I dropped that in a second if I needed to because that's not what's important. When we finish this program, I'm going to have a tremendous pleasure to talk to you off the air because you look to me and sounds to me and give me the reading that you are a very good, honest man. I try. And I don't want to you get cut with the pants down as my friends in all over the world been dying in vain. I want to you be what I say to people. You have to come in to be, you want to have a good president? Get a master spy to be a president. You know why? Because they know the inners and out to the whole machinery. Nobody can trick them. And I tried to prevent President Trump. Unfortunately, my message maybe don't go through, or I don't know what happened. So sometimes the, the uh, what you call it, the pencil pushers, what you call in English, mm-hmm. pencil pushers in the White House or here or there, uh, the uh, bureaucrats uh, don't do fair to the people have experience, and the people try to guide them. And they want to attribute themselves to be the quote, quote, uh, advisors to the president. They want the power. And manage to get the ear to the president. I told the president, this is not a contest like uh, the apprentices. This is actually the real game. And if you don't open your eyes and do what you're supposed to do, clean house. The first day you walking in there, it's not going to be a white house anymore. It's going to be a bloody house. What it turned to be eventually. Because they don't let it go from the beginning to the end. I don't even know. Listen, I'm not involved in politics. I just like to be the man behind the president. I don't want to be the president or in any political position. But I'm telling you, it's unbelievable how they manipulate things to make the truth look like a lie 
and made the lie so well dressed that it looks like a true. And I, 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 I told, I told President Trump, I don't even know how he managed to accomplish what accomplished, what is extraordinary, what he accomplished in four years under that constantly attack that he have 24 a day in the news, in the inside of the White House, in the leaks. In, you know, it, it's unbelievable. But unfortunately, he is not prepared. And unfortunately, sometimes you come in, in a position that you, uh, no matter what, he is an intelligent man and he got a very strong character. Uh, you have to listen to those got the good heart and, and want to guide you in the, in the right track. If you don't, eventually you will not well succeed. They will destroy you. At a position like that, nobody can make it on their own. They have to have good advisors and actually listen to them. An excellent team. Yeah. An excellent team. And, team and, is the right word. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell my guys all the time, I'm not a uh, dictator or totalitarian uh, regime. You know, even in, in my books, I consult my friends. My friends, I call it this team, it's like my team in the daytime. The other team is the day, the night team, the what we call it, the the, the night gray uh, team. That is what I've been doing for sixty or sixty-five years to keep your freedom afloat and don't let it drown. And I tell you, they ask me how the hell you manage. Sometimes you sleep two or three hours at night or in the day, whatever you can. How you can survive? You're seventy-four years old now. You have to slow down. I say I will retire where I die. It's going to be my retirement. And before that, I don't think I can. I, I try, believe me. I got a beautiful places around the world where I build my own hands, not taking any penny for anyone. Um, and I don't even have time to enjoy. I go once a year maybe, or once every two years to visit it and say hello and say goodbye because I don't have the time. And I try. I say, after 9-11, that is the worst, the worst um, experience I ever have in my life. And I never will forget. Because it's in our hands at that time to stop what happened. There was only one good experience for a short period of time. We unified. We unified. unified. It was a short period of time. Two days. <laughs> but... It was kind of special. It showed us that we could have that. It could happen, and we need to not forget that that we were united in protecting freedom first. Mm -hmm. That we were Americans first, and it is truly sad that that disappeared within two days. And if you go back and look at the tapes, look who those people were that immediately started dividing us. Unfortunately, it's exactly what I'm going to say, but I wait because I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, those individuals cannot survive if we unified. And they immediately start to work in dividing us because that destroyed them. That union destroyed them. And immediately they start to create conspiracy theories, 
uh, Bush will put bombs in the in the buildings, he blow it, the buildings himself. Uh, the most crazy, outrageous stories you see in the internet, who you think is spend money, because that costs money. Those, anything you do, have to have financials. If you don't have financials, nothing move. And I call him Mr. Franklin, very powerful gentleman. And what what is exactly what this president is doing right now? What is, I tell people, don't be Democrat, don't be Republican for five minutes, please. And listen to what I say. Who and why a president of the United States want you to have the gasoline price at $5 or $10 a gallon because it's going to be at the pace we go. Well, we can have it for dollar or $1.50. Why? What is the interest of the president for that? Why closing the pipeline that we make us independent to the rest of the world and make us slaves again because division, because control, because fear. That is one of the things people have to ask themselves. Why open the borders? You open the front door of your house in town and call all the thief in town and tell it, come over, take my microwave, my my TV. You you do that? No. Why this man is supposed to work for us close and worse they close the borders, they almost finish it. They're costing now millions of dollars to have that iron in the floor there. Cost more to not finish it to being now finishing. You you think about it and you say, what is the interest to any president to do such a sin? It's an agenda. We don't have the time, but I can explain to you in details what is the agenda. And that agenda is not from now. It's from decades and decades. What they sending the people to penetrate are the schools, primary schools, colleges, universities, infiltrate people they're supposed to be calling professors. They're nothing more than spreading propaganda. Yeah. CRT is, is just a way ar- to divide. And turning around you kids against you and the establishment and the society because they want to create that disorder that 9-11 intend to do and they fail because they unite us for a very short time, like you say. But they immediately put their soldiers and move because they realize it, the tremendous fiasco they, they did, and they immediately move to destroy the Union and create division, races, and, and pay because all these people they probably, the, your audience know, know, they have been paid in cash. I penetrate myself, some of those groups. They pay in cash hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Antifa, to the life, Black Lives Matter, to all these people, to destroy property, to go and burn cars, burn buildings, destroy business. Because doing that, creating a chaotic situation they're looking for. Well, it, it created an atmosphere of fear. 
then it created division because they were allowed to do that, but law-abiding citizens couldn't even go to church. They, they lost their freedom of assembly because they took it. I don't believe we lost it. I believe they took it. They just complied to the government. Or I don't believe that anything less than a medical-grade mask works in, in 95, and that doesn't work very well because this virus is in the air. Well, let's just say that I know for a fact that Dr. Del Marmel, his PhD is in genetics, and because of his work, when they uh, put him over to MIT, he took several intensive courses in infectious and contagious diseases, and shortly after, I think it was in March, they pulled him into the labs to analyze a sample of this virus, and he told me quite a bit about it. And yeah, yes, the N95s. They, they actually do more harm than good. Well, that I believe, but I do think they, they do probably work a tiny bit. I've seen a couple studies where they were like a percentage. Less than an N95, you can't even say that. But if you wear it for more than a couple hours, which you know in a medical setting you would wear it for a couple hours, you would then change out your mask. They're having you hold that Petri dish on your face all day. Is that about right? Yes, yes you 100% right. This is what you're doing is actually hurt your health. Well, you have the mask, uh, practically, even when you're driving your car and everything, eight hours a day, nine hours or 10 hours or whatever, you're hurting yourself. You're not helping yourself. And also, this is nothing more than a military weapon. This is a Chinese military weapon to test our weakness. And I got proof of that. The chairman to the Communist Party in China we have an infiltration in there. Show to the party how they're going to put in the needs our country and the rest of the world. And they show a lap tube with the coronavirus already. This is one year or two before the pandemic supposedly spread. In other words, people don't know half the what is going on. And half to the people in this government right now they are in the tank with the Chinese because they got interest, money receiving for millions and millions. They are own money because we actually the taxpayers that they want give you their money to China because we've been manufacturing toilet paper in China, what is the most ridiculous thing I ever see in my life. And now we are in the hands to this sleeping giant that's being Nothing more than a totalitarian communist Marxist regime. They're killing hundreds of thousands of Christians every day. And you telling me that we're going to be friends and accept what their recommendations to these individuals? They, what they have in heart is to destroy a nation? But that is what is going on in our country right now. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And today I'm joined by Tad, who is, you're the assistant or Dr. Del Marmo? I'm his right hand. Your right hand. Okay, yeah. that that works. Um, 
this is really an interesting man. He was a Cuban spy. He's clearly a patriot. Clearly, he seems to be led by from a place of morality and a true belief in freedom. Actually, out of freedom, you don't have nothing. Yeah. Even the water don't taste good. I, I was I, never in that situation. I hope I never am, but that's part of why I'm suddenly on the radio. I wasn't even an activist until April of last year. That is why I want to talk to you What we finish this program out of there. Uh, of there. Okay. I want to tell you my optimist for this country is like a, uh, a fountain that never, never ends. And I want to tell you why. Actually, we got worse than this. We got presidents very, 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 very close compared to what we have now. And one of them is Jimmy Carter. Actually, Jimmy Carter, you all remember, opened the, the uh, arms to the uh, Cuban exiles in Miami, in Florida, and almost destroyed the whole state to Florida. Because our enemies use that weakness to send to uh, United States every single uh, insane patient in the mental hospitals and also the worst criminals. They empty all the prisons. And every family, the Cubans try to come in and get one of the family members or whatever to rescue, to bring it to Florida. They force them to carry a four or five to those people. If they don't do that, they're not allowed to take their family away from, from the communist. I saw that, and I saw how the communists function and turn around and convert good and evil and destroy a good will. And Jimmy Carter is one of the presidents allowed to that happen because his innocence or his bad intentions because we never know in these people. Unfortunately, it's another Democrat. But come back to why I have this extreme, extreme uh, founding optimist for this country. I saw this happen before. In the operation, the zipper, the Cuban Lightning is my co-name in the intelligence. The zipper is the operation we did in behalf of the president United States Ronald Reagan, what I consider my second father. I cried two times very hard. One is when my father died, and what is when Reagan died. Reagan is, uh, don't have to be a president, don't have to be involved in politics. Reagan loved this country, really, generally, and saw what is coming, and he, he have the guts to do what is necessary in that moment breaking the law, risking his president, authorize us what he asked in the Congress for funding because we got the information that they taking over in South and Central America and they're going to, through the borders to Mexico like they're doing now, they're going to take our country down. The, the Congress denied to Reagan the funding that they, we need in that time to what he calling the Iran Contras. And what happened, Reagan authorized me personally to lead my team and manufacture with the paper, the magnetic ink, and the 
plate to the Treasury Department currency. And we get that operation, the zipper, so successful and matter to the terrible misery the country going through. We collapse the Soviet Union economy and we bring down the Berlin Wall. So through a counterfeit operation. It's not a counterfeit. We call him cloning. Remember, I'm a genetic specialist. I'm not Well, if you, if you use their plates, their paper, their the magnetic ink, ink and using, everything. You're using all the original ingredients. And I have the, and I have the, the green light by the, by the President of the United States. Of course, I cannot say that publicly at that time. Right. In other words, we actually break the law. And I'm not happy with that in that time, believe me. It take me a while. I asked, give me some time because I have to think about this. We call it in Cuba a pillow. Give me a few weeks to put my head in my pillow and think about it because I don't come into this country to break his laws. And I believe me, they convinced me if we don't do that at that time, the country will be collapsed because they're going to destroy the country like they try to do now, open the borders with the billions and trillions of dollars they put it into the uh, terrorists and, and all these enemies the the uh, United States have around the world. We actually save not only United States in the 80s, we save the world. Well, if, if we're not the beacon of light, I think that the world simply collapses into tyranny. Absolutely. There is no place to hide. No doubt in, in my mind at all. And that is what I tell you. My optimism is fantastic and great. Because if we survive and we come in with a remedy, with a president with guts, step forward and say, no, we're not going to allow this happen, not in my watch. And we go in a warehouse in Santa Ana, in Orange County, and we build this enormous amount, trillions of dollars, in that place, where it's cloning, because we got the whole ingredient by the government. Unfortunately, we got into the operation a hick, and we call in a eyelash in the soup, and I get arrested, and I get indicted for 75 years and six months. But Reagan being Reagan, and not abandoning me, as he promised, he exonerated me, and allowed me with a federal judge to authorize me to leave the country and exonerate everything. That case is still sealed and classified in the federal courts. Matter of fact, the case don't even exist anymore because I have the only copy. That is why I'm telling you, gentlemen, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that we have extreme gray warriors in this country willing to die for this country and willing even president to risk everything for this country like a Ronald Reagan we will have another Ronald Reagan I believe very soon and we will save this country again from this Chinese and Russian invasion this being manufactured for over 60 years I can tell you things that really Turn your head like an exorcist around. <laughs> but I don't want to scare you. I want to give you hope. As you ask me, 
This is going to be the moment to the truth. Why? Because the truth sends you free. And these people step and, and, and speak with the lies. They cannot survive in the, in the light to the, in the shine light to the truth. And remember something. It's very important to remember. United States of America is not a totalitarian regime and it never will be because we are composed by hundreds, the thousands, if not millions. The immigrants coming from different parts of the world persecuted for race, religion, ideological thinking from the Nazis, from every bad evil thing you can imagine it. And those people live a sea and that sea is you and I. Well, I have numerous friends that are first, genera- first generation Americans, you know, uh, particularly from Peru. And they are some of the most patriotic people. Now, they're all people that came here the right way. Of course. I think that matters. This just sneaking across the border bothers me. I want to know who those people are. I want to make sure they don't have diseases, and I want to make sure they're not criminals, and I want to make sure that they want to work. Or they terrorists want. infiltrating our country. Yeah. We we stopped the airport uh, in Los Angeles to be blow. Another second 9-11. We stopped that, and those guys crossed the borders illegally with a humongous amount of explosives in the trunk of the car. They intend, because they, they, they confess, they intend to blow the Los L.A. airport. And hundreds of thousands of other attempts, they, the public never get to know because the government don't want to scare people. But those borders... Do you should not ever do what you've been doing, what this administration has been doing right now. And the only purpose to that is to destroy this country. It's not, don't, don't feel, don't make, don't let these people make you feel that you are racist or you anti-immigrant or anything like that. This is a, just a pie that's very stale and all that nobody can eat because there's not, the, the purpose, the purpose to that is to bring terrorists, to bring people into this country, to destroy institutions, to destroy our legality. Because, as you say, anybody is welcome to this country, coming the right, right way. way. Okay? And I will tell you something. It's very, 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 very scared. But at the same time, is good and is that we in this country need what is going on right now. This particular now situation where we all live in frustration because when we see what is what is going to happen tomorrow is going to be worse than today. Nobody, no doubt, mm-hmm. no doubt in anybody's mind. People is being sleeping. Absolutely. And people need a shake. And I believe if they don't wake up now, they never will will wake up again. And some of them won't. As long as the majority wake up, we'll be okay. That is what the point is. Remember, our enemies are a minority. 
just scream louder. They scream louder. They uh, say obscenities. They uh, use violence. They destroy property. That is why you notice more. Well, they are trying to make themselves seem bigger. Exactly. 3% of patriots, when this country declared its independence, are what changed the world. 3%. It wasn't everybody. Mm-hmm. 3%. We're not going to allow an, an enemy take over. We will stand for United States of America. <laughs> 